Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, aka your friendly neighborhood fangirl. It's been a minute, but today I'm returning to the galaxy far, far away. Over the course of seven episodes, the Book of Boba Fett has Boba Fett fight to establish his position of power in the Tatooine underworld, while also filling in the details of what exactly happened after he's escaped the Sarlacc pit. While there were some surprise appearances sprinkled throughout, did the series itself live up to the hype? We'll discuss that and so much more in the world of Star Wars. And as always, I'm not alone here to fangirl. Returning to the Fangirl Forum is the number one Knuckles enthusiast, Screen Rants Ash Crossan. <laughs> Thank you for having me, my claim to fame, Sexy Knuckles. Thank you. <laughs> of course, of course. And joining the Fangirl Forum for the first time is the co-host to the Itu Bentha Tombien podcast and the Padro Pascal podcast. Give it up for Katrina Dennis. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very proud of you for pronouncing that. No problem. I'm so excited to talk to both of you about Star Wars, not only because we have separately had conversations about Star Wars, but I just know that y'all are both equally like fans and you were watching the book of Boba Fett over the past few weeks. And I don't think we've ever like talked about what we think about it. So I'm excited to do that. But before we get into it, let me just issue a brief spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Oh my gosh, we're going to be discussing spoilers about the book of Boba Fett. Spoiler, spoilers. I'm serious. If you have not watched it, turn around, go watch it, come back, listen to it. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I think we're good. I think you nailed that. Yeah. Thank you. I think <laughs> we're pretty clear, pretty concise. The message is clear. I would hope so. You know, I would hope so. Yeah, as I mentioned up top, the book of Boba Fett has come and gone. What what were your overall thoughts on the series? Even like, what did you think when this was first announced to watching the series itself? What do you think about it? Katrina, let's start with you. Well, Boba Fett didn't become a favorite character of mine until the Clone Wars. And since then, I've been pretty uh, diehard for him. And so I kind of, I don't know, for me, like the Boba Fett I knew, like, and, and this is not to say I didn't grow up with my my love for the original trilogy Boba Fett, but like the Boba Fett I knew growing up is very well reflected in this series as a grown man, as someone who has lived experiences and taken like some of the worst elves of all time, like in all of Star Wars and become something like very interesting and new and dynamic. And yeah, like, so I enjoyed this chapter in the, um, the Mandalorian Star Wars parallel to the Arrowverse. I love the way you put that because it is like it all just comes together. Yeah, I love everything Katrina just said. You know, when when it was announced, which I guess would have been the stinger at the end of the last season of Mandalorian, I thought it was a book. So I was like, <laughs> oh, they're releasing like a tie-in book. How lovely. What a way to announce it. And then I I think that same day was like, oh, they actually are doing a show. Um, but I really didn't know what to expect. And I hate to be like the most like nightmare podcast guest of being like, I just have like a very middle of the road opinion of the show. There were things I really genuinely loved about it. And then there were things that I genuinely did not like about it. I just feel like I have such a middle of the road opinion about it. Like it gave us some of the really like coolest moments in Star Wars that I've seen in a while. Like 
Black Chrysanthemum, amazing. The stuff with the Tuscan Raiders, like just Boba getting out of the Sarlacc pit. Um, Pelimato saying she used to bang a Jawa. Like, I loved that. The Boba Fett Mando, like, dual jetpack moment was so cool. But, like, structurally, it was like a little bit, it felt like I was like listening to like a mix CD. Like, Robert Rodriguez has this very distinctive style. And I really like the idea of Star Wars kind of pushing those barriers and more diving into like people's like stylistic choices that directors make. But then we get into like these two episodes that are from different directors that are very like just kind of jarringly different in tone for the rest of the show. Like I really loved the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Like I thought it was awesome. I'm here for it, but I'm also here for Boba Fett and what's going on over here. So it was just kind of confusing. And I think it could have had like 300% more Fennec Shand, but that's maybe just me. I think that's actually everybody. I love her. And I don't think we got super satisfying stuff with her yet. I mean, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. So Boba Fett has never been one of my favorite characters. I grew up with the original trilogy, but like I did not have the same affection for Boba Fett like a lot of other people do. So when he showed up in Mandalorian season two, I was like, okay, here we go. But I was really intrigued by like how he was reintroduced. And so when they announced that there was going to be a spinoff series of him, I was like, yeah, cool. I never thought I'd be interested in a Boba Fett series, but here we are. And there was a lot that I really enjoyed about this series, but then there were things that I found lacking as well. Like, I think the first half of the season was really strong and I liked, you know, diving more into Boba Fett. But then by the time the Mandalorian returned, I was like, but now I just want Mandalorian season three. And it kind of like took away focus from his story. And I really love Fennec Shand and I really wanted more of Ming-Na Wen to like shine. And so when we got like a taste of it in... I want to say uh, the gathering storm, like fourth episode, I was like, Ooh, this is it. This is, we're going to get more of this like Phoenix Shan action. And like the next episode we got Bryce Dallas Howard's excellent episode of Mandalorian. And I'm like, but wait, hold on. Where are we going? And Katrina, I like your assessment of calling it like the Mando Arrowverse kind of world because that's what it felt like at the end like I wasn't expecting Luke and Ahsoka to show up at some point but we already got them in Mando so why not bring them in here it's like I don't mind that either but it just felt like why not pepper them in throughout the series a little more I don't I don't know maybe maybe I'm off base on this but it felt no, like I agree yeah, I fully agree with that. I feel, yeah, it, like both of you said, it's it's jarring for that to have shown up. And like, especially after we were kind of following those dual storylines with Boba's flashback and like the present time. So yeah, I like completely third that. Like it, that was really, it, it just, I wish it had been like better woven into the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they were going to do that, find a way to like, include that with the present timeline and having like the past timeline going on which I would hope for season two if they continue along that same vein they would maybe like take those lessons as well they were trying to do you know they do like comic book events and they have like five or six different 
comic series pull into one, except they didn't have the five series. They just had like one and they tried to pull two series out of it. Instead, it felt like that. Like it wasn't, it wasn't quite planned the way I expected. Yeah. But in the midst of, you know, what they did give us, what were some of like the big highlights for you for the book of Boba Fett? Uh, For me, man, I mean, I think we're kind of talking about like expectation stuff because there is a lot of stuff I kind of thought was going to happen and then they go a different direction. It was fine. Like I overall, like I did enjoy the show, but when they introduced those Hut twins, they had the coolest entrance and I thought they were going to be like the big bads of the show. And I was like, this is so cool. Like really diving into that underworld part of Tatooine and Mos Espa. And then they kind of just like, they're like, all right, we're going to like head out. Like, we don't like it around here. See you later. <laughs> I was like, oh man, but I really liked that. And then Black Chrysanthemum was so cool. Just mm-hmm. like amazing. And then the Twilight Major Domo guy was so entertaining. So funny. All his facial expressions were just like peak comedy spot on. So those are some of my favorites that, that come to mind. Katrina, what about you? Yeah, I want to second all of those and just like really highlight Amy Sedaris in this series because like I think she's just like one of those characters and maybe I'm just one of those weirdos who like loves loves side characters so much because I feel like they make the Star Wars universe so rich. But she's one of those characters who like showed up in The Mandalorian and I was like, gosh, she's so cool. I I, I don't know that we're ever going to see her again. And now it's like she's a regular to this storyline now. Like this is, she's an integral part of like you know, who, how the Mando gets around basically. So it's, it's so cool to see an actress like that who like, you know, I grew up watching Strangers with Candy, like uh, after dark when I wasn't supposed to. And now like, it's so cool to see her on this show more than anything else. And like, everyone's been great. It's been, it was so good seeing Mando again. Like I, I, just, I hate to phrase that, like I know him, but but it's cool it's cool it was good to see like Pedro like on on TV again I didn't think we'd get to see that this year um and I really enjoyed his team up with Boba and I think like the the thing I took away from the from their interactions as like you know going into who their characters are as outcasts basically from the Mandalorian culture now they're sort of forming their own creed in that respect and that was really cool to see in action yeah, that's such a great point, you know, the fact that like we have these two characters who are outsiders of the Mandalorian code and they are creating their own thing in the midst of it. And yeah, in the finale, it was so cool seeing them both using their jetpacks and just like fighting alongside each other. I was like, yes, this. Hot boy summer. Hot boy summer. <laughs> Indeed. Oh man. And I gotta say, I was very surprised to see uh, Cobb Vant return. I wasn't expecting that, but just seeing him walk back onto my screen again in his hotness was just like, yep, great. Here for it. Yeah. I was hoping for it, but I was like, is Timothy Oliphant wanting to do this? Yeah. And I think he is. So mm-hmm. thank goodness. <laughs> Evidently. Like I'm so excited for Cyborg Cowboy Cobb Bam. Like, yeah. I knew, like I knew that when he got hit on the shoulder, it was like, 
he's not dead. Like we know who our major death in this, in this particular episode was. And it was unfortunately Garza, like rest in peace, but like it's, you know, Cobb got like grace. That is not like, that is not a hit you get from Cad Bane very often either. So to say that he's lucky would be an understatement. Yeah. I mean, I got to admit, I did have a little pause, but then, you know, having it confirmed with like the mid credit scene at the end of him in the back that he was like, okay, we're good. Timothy Oliphant is committed to this. I I watch it with subtitles on, which I think is one of the best things you can do on Star Wars because then you'll know how to spell everything, first of all. But there is like little parts where you can see what everybody's saying when Cobb Vanth gets hit and they're like, is he alive? Is he alive? But we got to get like a medic or whatever. But nobody's like, he didn't make it. So I was like, ah, he's alive. And then obviously that's confirmed. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm excited because I really value his relationship both with like Mando and the possibility of a, of his like partnership with like Boba too, because he came into the series in a way I didn't expect. I thought that Boba would be going out to recruit him as one of like the local leaders on Tatooine as part of his effort. And it didn't happen that way. So it was really cool to see the way they decided to bring him back. And now, now he's part of Boba's gang. So <laughs> there's no avoiding that. Just more, just more Timothy Oliphant. It's going to be great. Speaking of characters I was not expecting, I was not expecting to see Grogu again. I definitely squealed when uh, I realized we were like seeing him again and with Luke training and having like that whole episode. Were you expecting for a Baby Yoda appearance in the Book of Boba Fett? How is having him coming back into the storyline work for you? Yeah, I mean, I... As someone who works in entertainment marketing, I did not think that they would not bring Grogu back. That's too many toys to throw off the shelves. And, you know, and on top of that, in an in-world reasoning, my hope was that they would bring Grogu back and he would not stay at the Jedi Academy because we know what happens to the Jedi Academy. So I was just genuinely hoping he would come back to, to Mando and I didn't expect it so quickly, but it's really nice that like, in this new season of The Mandalorian, we have a lot of the uh, the smaller questions I wanted answered at the end of the last season, which was like, who's he gonna, is he gonna stay with like Bo? Is he gonna return back to his creed? What, when's he getting Grogu back? Cause it's not a matter of if for me. And like, when's Cobb coming back? Cause that's, those are like my four questions. So I'm, I'm glad I got all of those answered, but now we have like, I guess, greater mysteries to solve as he, establishes like his new little creed with Grogu. Yeah, I think like, I think it all just happened faster than I anticipated. Like I was like, okay, we're gonna have this big time jump where we're not gonna see Grogu for a while because he's off training and he's gonna come back maybe a little older, a little more like, I don't know, maybe he's speaking in riddles or whatever. But when when Ahsoka was like, oh, this will be a big, great school or whatever, my heart sank because I was like, well, we know what goes down here. Yeah. And little Grow is hanging out here and I don't like this at all. I mean, I was panicking. And then he gets his little chainmail present and I'm like, well, first of all, they're not going to not put that on him. It's too cute. Probably a good toy as well, I would have to say. Uh, exactly. With the chainmail. <laughs> For sure. Um, I'm just very relieved, I think, of the Grogu storyline in this one. Um, and Luke looked great in this, a little less uncanny valley for me. So uh, it was nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, I not even to be like a party pooper about it. The only real critique I have 
outside of like it felt like in a, a weird place and should have probably been in its own series is that like I really wasn't pleased with not necessarily the way they were portrayed, but the way that Luke and, and Ahsoka thought um, in in these episodes, like specifically Ahsoka, like I get the idea of Luke, like not particularly understanding what the, the faults of the Jedi and the faults of the Sith and what those causes and causes and effects were because eventually that led to the fall of his temple so for him not to understand that that like attachment isn't necessarily like dangerous it's just like you need to essentially manage healthy relationships with people (laughs) that wasn't a surprise for me but for ahsoka who went through all she went through to basically like chop out and recite Jedi proverb and like be cool with the this school starting and the exact like beliefs that the Jedi of the Republic had. That just felt so weird to me. Like it just didn't feel right. And do we do we know when they met? That's just like they, they were just like, yeah, up, they know each as other. Soon as, yeah, as soon as Mando showed up, she was like, I'm leaving. Like yeah, but yeah. I've been hanging out with Luke for a while. And he's just like your dad. You're just like your dad. I'm like, that's not, maybe not a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hope, at least I hope if for the Ahsoka series that they are able to like, I don't know, fill in those gaps as far as like, when did she meet up with Luke for the first time? Because I imagine that would be a very like emotional meeting, you know, and like, that's something that doesn't necessarily need to be like skipped over per se, or at least fill in those gaps because otherwise, yeah, like Ahsoka was there one second and then she was gone the next. I mean, or, you know, they could, I guess, tie it into its own like book or comic book series. But I feel like that's just something like now that we have Ahsoka in live action and you're going to do like you've had them together. Well, now we want to see it. So who knows when they will show us that. What did you think about Cad Bane making an appearance in the last half of the season? I'm all about the senior citizens of the galaxy from the Clone Wars coming on back in the future times. So, and it was cool. Like Corey Burton is one of my favorite voice actors. I think earlier today, uh, Pablo Hidalgo did a really, really great thread on his work. And so it was really cool to see Cad Bane in live action. And I know a lot of people kind of had like a problem with the way he looked, but I kind of like that they stuck with the old design for his species. And, and he was kind of like back in that, in that look and like things were adapted. I think, I think his look for me was adapted a little more smoothly than what they did originally with Ahsoka. Yeah, I I have to say, I think that was one of the coolest entrances I've ever seen. He has such a distinctive look that as soon as you saw his silhouette from miles away, you instantly know who knew who it was. And I agree. I, you know, I watched, I always watch the show and like, stay off my phone. Don't look at Twitter because Twitter was a nightmare this season with spoilers. It was like by 9am, it was like, whatever, but I was like, oh, he looks amazing. This is perfect. And then I get on Twitter and I'm like, oh, people didn't like that. I was very confused. I agree with you. I thought he looked great. Yeah. And I honestly, like, I love the use of Cobb as like his, his method to coming in and like being that threat. Cause that shows that like the Pikes already perhaps knew what I was guessing where it was like, well, eventually Boba Fett's going to come to this guy and try to team up with him. And if we don't scare him right now, he's going to try and ally with Boba. 
So yeah, so I thought that was a, a great vehicle to introduce him. And I really like that they had this like that unspoken rematch in a way because cad is one of he's one of the bounty hunters that knew boba when he was a child and then whether he likes it or not he did affect boba in many many big ways throughout the clone wars and so it's i think it's like poetic in a way for them to have that final battle and for those people who don't have all that context it's like oh this is pretty badass you know like i thought that was done pretty well Yeah, I think it definitely like gave enough for people to like have an idea of their history. And if like they thought it was really cool that they now have access to go back and like rediscover that for themselves and find out like this whole history between the two of them. I was a little disappointed that he died, though, at the end, because I did want more of him. But I did like their final like battle between the two of them. And I I just wanted more of him, I guess. I wish he showed up like an episode or two earlier so we could have more of this back and forth and then have their final showdown. But it still worked for me. Yeah. We're about wrapping up with some of our Book of Boba's Fett discussion, but I did want to ask both of you, what would you want to see in a season two for the Book of Boba Fett, assuming that we... I'm assuming that we're going to get one at this point. What what kind of storylines would you like to see? I just want to see more Fennec Shan stuff. Like I want I want her to have an arc, <laughs> like just period. You know, I really thought, and we we keep talking about the expectations of the show, and like I don't care that they don't meet them. That's fine. I enjoyed it, but I assumed at the beginning of the show, once we got Boba Fett out of the the Sarlacc, and he kind of went through his journey, I was like, okay, we're gonna dive into like maybe their relationship or like Fennec Shan's backstory and her like things like that. And uh, when we didn't get that, I was kind of like, that would be nice if we could. So that's what I would like for season two. I fully agree with that. I also want them to continue being as wacky as humanly possible. Give me more space Vespas. Give me those cyborg kids. Like have Boba build his family and do this cute little found family dynamic. Give me more, more freaking cameos. Like ham it up. This is a book of of Boba Fett show. It's, this is the one where you can really go into that territory. I think like not even as a joke, like I think that this is definitely the show where like, if you want to bring back Bosk, like this is the show to do it, you know, rather than the Mandalorian where, you know, you don't, you want to focus on that sole single character, but Buffett feels more like an event. So I want to see more creativity. I want that, like that playground feel where it's like, let's do weird experimental stuff because we don't have to worry, hopefully about the Jedi like anymore. I don't know. And I, I want to see what uh, what happens between like Din and and Boba and Fennec and them. Like what what empire now that Boba has this control over Tatooine can he build and make better? Yeah, for sure. I want to see more of their dynamics and like how they interact. Like moving forward, like does Din do like surveillance or like check up on other like businesses that Jabba used to run on different planets or yeah how is Boba making like Tatooine better more Max Rebo I'm glad that he survived that attack so let's get more Max Rebo music for season two and yeah I I'm with you I want to see more Fennec Shan I want more of the Fennec 
verbal relationship on display, whether that's like platonic, respectful, or like romantic, I don't care. I just like the two of them together. And I, I want to see more back and forth with them and more of an arc for Finnick as opposed to just being the muscle, which she's great as the muscle. I just want, I want meat with the muscle, I guess. Yeah, I completely agree. So the same day that the finale drops, we also get our first poster for Obi-Wan Kenobi and a release date. We're getting Obi-Wan Kenobi on May 25th, which is like the anniversary of Obi-Wan's first appearance in the original Star Wars. What's your hype level for this? How are you feeling about getting this limited series astronomical (laughs) yeah it's like I've been waiting my whole life for this yeah (laughs) Obi-Wan is like the I want to say he's the best man in Star Wars but we could get rid of in Star Wars and just put it out there he is like my favorite favorite what you know maybe my third favorite character in all of fiction but definitely in star wars like it's like my second favorite character and he leads to a lot of my a lot of my other characters and his relationships with them like kind of make the prequels and clone wars so special to me and that's like with qui-gon with anakin obi-wan is that central force in star wars that like he witnessed everything he was there for everything and so i'm really excited for this series i'm excited also for all of the clone wars era flashbacks i feel like there's so much like in the past few years there's been so many things in star wars that have been kind of like unbelievable for fans like characters that we're seeing in like a live action sense we never thought we'd see that kind of stuff but i never thought that ewan mcgregor and hayden christensen would be back together for a Star Wars series. Like if you told me that 10 years ago, I'd have been like, what are you talking? Like, it is unbelievable. And I just, Hayden and Ewan doing press is, I'm gonna go feral for this. You have no idea. I cannot wait. Oh. I am so excited to see what you do, Ash. Like, I hope you get it. And I am so excited. Please. Oh my God. I'm giving you all the energy for that because I can't wait. I want to see it. Like, like they, they have, they, but you're right. They have this like incredible chemistry as Obi-Wan and Anakin. And like, there's so much we, you know, we know so much of, of, of their pain and the relationship that they had, but like, to go back and like broaden that for like the wider audience is going to be really big for everyone. But I think it's going to be really big for like those of us who have just basically, you know, we've known Obi-Wan Kenobi all our lives, you know, like he's always been a, he's been a consistent character throughout my life. He has never not existed basically. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see him and, and again, the idea that we may very well see Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi wearing their Clone Wars armor with their clone commanders, Cody and Rex in live action. Like, I'm going to cry. Like, it's going to make me cry just thinking about it. And there's like, I'm trying not to leap directly into the possibilities that I can imagine when it comes to like, 
how, you know, with Boba, we had those like flashbacks and I feel like we're going to get a lot of that in, in this show. And hopefully, I don't know, I'm going to say it every time uh, I get onto a Star Wars podcast so I can man- manifest it, but hopefully this will lead to the first live action appearance of Asajj Ventress. <laughs> I knew it was coming! It was coming. It was there. How how long can I make this go? I'm like, is this three minutes? Three minutes is enough. I can't. This is as far as I can go. Um, I hope this is it. This is my hope for the series. I really want to see her in live action. And I think that like that possibility is so strong because not only did Obi-Wan have a dynamic with her, but in so many ways, her story is so parallel to Anakin's and they saw each other as such vicious enemies that like, it's I mean this is if there's any way to do it it's here you know so I, I think you might get work. it yeah <laughs> I hope <laughs> I really hope like I am looking at this cast and going like all of the possibilities I see for her right now are pretty freaking great but who knows you know it's it's something that uh that I that I'm definitely wishing for and I'm not, I mean, I'm just saying things that I've openly wished for before have happened. So I'm just going to say it out loud and maybe, maybe. You've got the track record. So shoot your shot, you know, keep going. Yeah, guys, I'm so excited for this. I've been waiting for Obi-Wan to get this treatment for so long. When they announced it, when they announced the cast, when they said Hayden was coming back, like all of the dreams that I didn't know I had were like starting to come true. And the fact that we all went insane over one poster, it just shows this like collective desire of like, we all want to see this. We all want more of Ewan and Hayden. And I'm just going to say this. I think we get a force ghost appearance of Qui-Gon Jinn. I don't see how we don't have that. Ethan loves to work. So I think if it's offered, he's doing it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I just don't see how, like, after teasing that at the end of Revenge of the Sith, that there's not at least one appearance of Qui-Gon in this. It's not going to make or break the series for me if he's not there. That's fine. But, like... Their relationship is so important. His relationship with Anakin is so important. Obi-Wan's been my favorite character in both the original series and the prequel series. And to see him have this like treatment as far as like having this limited series with the same actor, I kind of hope it has like this flavor of like Logan and like a Western kind of style of him like on his own and kind of like reeling with order 66 and stuff i'm just so excited to just spend more time with him and for getting him back and he has such an enthusiasm to be obi-wan kenobi again so like i'm i'm geeked i'm ready may 25th can't come fast enough i'm very curious like what capacity we're gonna see like hayden's face Mm. charred to a crisp or Well, I think it's like Katrina had mentioned, you know, that we could be getting like flashbacks of them from like the Clone Wars era, which would be like crazy amazing. They're going to have to, because otherwise it's like Obi-Wan's just like hermiting around on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. I feel like they got to, they got to go a couple other places. Yeah. Falling out between 
Uncle Owen and Obi-Wan at some point, <laughs> obviously. Well, yeah, we get yeah. it, we get both of them back, which shout out Bonnie, who survived uh, a cult and she still has a career after this. So that was the wildest thing. Yeah. I'm excited to see her back. Like that's brew. I think this is going to be really good. Yeah. I'm, and honestly, I, I'm glad it's kind of refreshing to know that, uh, at least from what I've read, Obi-Wan did not, in fact, spend all that freaking time on Tatooine. Like, that is that is nice to know that he at least got off planet, even though he was probably forced to. I know this is, like, the oldest, like, joke in Star Wars, but I still crack up that he, like, went into hiding and was just like, I think I'll go by old Ben Kenobi. And everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, no, no one will find you. <laughs> That's probably the premise of the show. They're like, what's he calling himself? Kenobi's a very common name. It's very, it's like Johnson. <laughs> no one's gonna know. It's like in the Family Guy one, they're like, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wonder if he means old Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh man. It's the easiest. That's not how it works, Obi-Wan. <laughs> it's not, but we're gonna see. We're gonna see how he gets to that place. Probably. So Obi-Wan Kenobi is not the only thing that we are getting this year, 2022 for Star Wars. We have some other things to look forward to, including The Bad Batch Season 2, Andor, and hopefully, fingers crossed, The Mandalorian Season 3. That one, I feel like if it does come out, it'll be close to December again. It may get pushed into the new year, but I'm keeping it on the list as like a hopeful, yeah, it's going to make it. It's going to make it in time. Of these Disney Plus titles, what are you looking forward to the most and why? Ash, I'll throw it to you first. Ooh, I, I got to go with Andor. I feel like I've always loved Rogue One, but I think, and and this is fangirl form, so I think everyone listening to this podcast probably loves Rogue One, but I think as more time passes, people are like really getting an affinity towards that movie. And I think it's definitely one of the best Star Wars movies. So the idea of just more stories around those characters is so exciting for me. I loved Cassian. I loved K2SO. My God. So that one's probably like of these ones is really intriguing to me just because we kind of know the characters of the Mandalorian. I know a little bit what to expect from there. Not totally. Andor is like a mysterious one for me that I'm really excited about. Yeah, I'm also, I am really excited for, for Andor. Uh, it's, it's always a thrill for me to see a Star Wars series led by a Latino. And so, and on top of that, like, I think Cassian is just such an intriguing character because he's not a clear good guy or bad guy to some. And the way that you, I feel like the way you feel about Cassian is highly dependent on how like your own lived experiences are and like how much you feel on his side and otherwise. And that's what I love about him. He's a character who like makes people talk and debate because he had to make the hard decisions that like, you know, Luke and Leia also, they, they had not to, you know, uh, diminish their, their experiences or experiences or anything, but he had to make the hard decisions that they'd never have to make, you know, because he was a foot soldier because he was on the ground. And I think his history is so interesting from what little we know about it. So I'm really excited too about Andor. I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record after all of you, but yes, Andor is the one that I am also looking forward to the most this year. The idea that we're going to have more time with 
Cassian and this world of Rogue One and this time, this era in Star Wars is really fascinating to me. I really love the fact that Diego Luna is an executive producer on the show because like he also cares so much about this character and like is also diving into the development of the show and what the stories that they're telling is very exciting to me. Like there's more, there's like cast buy-in to what they're telling. And that is always a really clear sign for me. I just want to see something at this point because we've known about this series for a while. I'm just itching to get some kind of like footage and some more details about Andor. My number one is going to be Kenobi just because I've been waiting so long for this show. That's the one that I was sold on from like moment one. But yeah, I think I'm very excited to return to this this era of Rogue One and spending more time with Cassian. I think it's going to be great. Which, and I mean, speaking of footage, you know, uh, something that is still on the table as of now is Star Wars Celebration, which is happening at the end of May, May 26th through the 29th. Oh my gosh, the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi and then Celebration, like that's going to be a wild weekend for Star Wars fans. Just out of curiosity, are both of you planning on attending this? I am planning on being there. We will see. Everything is feels so in flux. So I'm like very nearsighted about everything. So uh, I'll let you know like two weeks before, but I'm planning on going at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I um in a perfect world, I'm going. So that's 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 there. Like everything's locked in. It's just a matter of like if it happens, then I assume I will go at least for a few days, possibly less than I originally planned. But yeah, but I'm, you know, if it happens, I'll be there. Fair enough. As of now, I am planning on being there, but you know, we live in some interesting times where that can change in an instant. So I'm I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. I'm hoping to be able to go and, you know, returning back to celebration, uh, which is always a fun time for fans. And, you know, something that comes from celebration is so much like news and footage. And so, yeah, to close out our fun Star Wars conversation, I'd love to know what's on your like wish list of footage you'd like to see at Star Wars Celebration or things that you like hope are announced or given like updates on. Katrina, let's start with you. Yeah, I really want to see Andor footage. So I think that's good. That's like my my big number one there is uh, is learning more about Andor. I would love to learn more about the Acolyte during Celebration since we have absolutely no idea what it's about. And I feel like inevitably we will learn things about Ahsoka at Celebration as well because that's it's one of the big ones and it's coming a lot sooner, I assume, or feel than any of us expect. So. Yeah, I feel like I just want like a state of the union of like, here's everything that's actually still happening. I'm just confirming this is still in production because we know how Star Wars is, you know, they they, they give it and they take it away very quickly. Um, so I just want to know what's still happening, like the Taika Waititi Star Wars level yeah. update on him, just him being like, what's up, still working on it, loving it. And then if I could just make it about me for a second, I'm going to put it out there in the universe. We're going to manifest the Obi-Wan show drops the day before 
I want to moderate the panel. I want there to be a panel and I want to moderate it. And that would just be a dream come true. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I affirm this. <laughs> Please. Uh, Lucas will make this happen, right? <laughs> I just, I want to moderate a panel at Star Wars Celebration. It's never happened. I've never done it. I want to do it so badly. So yeah, let's just, just put it out there. Hell yes. You did yes. such a great job with the Mandalorian panel. Like it's to me, I think it's only a matter of time. Like this is going to happen and you would be the perfect person to helm the Obi-Wan panel at Celebration. That would be amazing. Be Ash, amazing. can you please ask them about Asajj Ventress when you helm the Obi-Wan panel? <laughs> yeah, not I yet. actually will. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Charlie. I'll be like, um, and we have a question from a fan here. Katrina Dennis wants to know. <laughs> exactly. We specifically, the, the number one Ventress fan uh, in the world. I'll take it. And I'm just, I don't even know if there will be an Obi-Wan panel, but if there is, let me add them. For real. Yeah. You could debut the exclusive clip from episode two. Ooh, yeah. See? There we go. We've We've like made the whole thing, you know? We've pitched it like... That's All they need to do is hire you for it. It's perfect. It. It's so easy. Simple. I would love to see that happen. I'd love to get footage of Andor. I also really want to know what the heck this Taika Waititi Star Wars movie is, if it's still happening. An update on Rogue Squadron, I guess, because that was a movie that is paused maybe still happening maybe not um, oh wait i was mixing it up with the other spinoff that i don't think is happening at all what's the one oh, it's like the rangers one oh the cops one the rangers of the new republic that one's yeah definitely not happening that's happening i think that was a <laughs> spinoff it was a not happening yeah i don't think she's in her floppy era <laughs> I mean, this sounds really like, I don't think we're ever fully going to have the answer or it's just going to die in the weeds, but I would also like a state of the union of what is the relationship between Star Wars and Ryan Johnson, because that was like a thing, a trilogy that was announced back in 2017 and it has never been talked of ever since. So if they're still waiting for the noise to die about the last Jedi or just let it just die. I would just want to know, here's what's happening. Here's what's not happening. Congratulations. Star Wars is moving forward, you know, instead of being in limbo. That'd be nice. Yeah. I feel like it's like a, if you say something, I don't know. It's either way. It's like just going to cause a ruckus. So it's just like, just zipping it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. They're afraid of all of the the comments that are going to come immediately from just even like saying oh, Last Jedi or Brian Johnson. Yeah. But either way, whether we are in person at Star Wars Celebration or watching stuff from home, hopefully we will be getting some kind of Star Wars news and updates this year because you know we have things coming out this year which are super exciting and i am excited that we are doing much more with like disney plus and series but i do miss the movie side of it too and i would love you know updates or not just like we have reserved these dates in the distance for some untitled projects they will happen maybe 
but we will find out soon enough, you know? Yeah, I, I don't get excited until there's like at least an image or like something because then I'm like, okay, this is real. This is happening. I think that's why I got so excited about the Obi-Wan poster. Like we knew it was coming, but it was like, okay, like this is real and it's really close and it's right in front of us at this point. And the poster was beautiful. It's not one of those like mishmash ones that we've been getting a lot of lately, not for Star Wars, but like other movies where they all kind of look the same. This one was just like beautiful. I would hang that on my wall. I loved it. That and the Moon Knight poster, beautiful. Art. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me today to uh, open the can of worms that is Star Wars and to be able to like fangirl with both of y'all. This was a lot of fun. Where can the people find you? Katrina, let's start with you. You can find me anywhere on the internet. If you look for Oh Katrina, O-H-C-A-T-R-I-N-A. You can also listen to my podcasts, Ito Banta Tambien, which I co-host with my friend Kayla, Padro Pascal, which I co-host with my other friend Rachel, and what, what was that third one? Fight Club, Far, Far Away, which is hosted by just little old me. And you can also catch me on two tabletop RPGs. And if you super like Star Wars, guess what? They're both about Star Wars. You can find them all on my profile on Twitter. Thank you. Amazing. Ash, what about you? And I'm at Ash Crossan on Twitter. That's where I post almost everything I'm working on and I'll pin it, my most recent stuff. And um, you can find me on the Screen Rant Plus YouTube page, which is where all the interviews go because I am the host there and that's what I do. Interview people all day. So come check them out. Come support. Thank you so much. Amazing. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Meredith Loftus. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Fangirl Forum Pod. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a fantastic day.